today on The Breakdown. Benjamin Pollock finished third in the World Series of Poker main event in 2017 for millions of dollars. And just a little bit later, in the World Series of Poker Europe, he played a 25K high roller event and got heads up with Neil Farrell. That's a good player against a good player. And they played a very interesting hand, really for pretty much all the chips. And we're going to break it down right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Sixth or seventh time we got we did it we got it through. <laughs> I can't believe we got this one through. That's at least my fourth time trying to do it. This is the first time I didn't burst into laughter. Yep, like un- uncontrollable laughter. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. All right. Anyway, you know, little known fact about Benjamin Pollock. He is Sidney Pollock's uncle. I did not know that yeah. Sidney Pollock, the American director. Yes, who's something like seventy-five years old. Yeah, yeah. Benjamin Pollock is his, un- is his uncle. Okay, they don't. They're not on speaking terms. Don't ask why. It can be, you know, where someone can be younger than someone else and be their uncle. It's possible. It's possible. Mathematically. Probably unlikely when Benjamin Pollock is like 35. Okay, but it's possible. It's possible. You admit it's possible. Yes. Okay. I admit that. Fantastic. You've got me. You've got me this time. Yeah. I know. You win this podcast. Hopefully I I can get a little lucky on the next one. Yeah, you got to run a little better, kid. Yeah. Anyway, this was only suggested by one person. Ouch. Oliver Finlay. Sounds British. Well, when you say it like that, it does. I mean, Oliver Finlay. How is that not a British person? Oliver Finlay. Yeah. I knew, a, I knew someone named Katie Finlay. She wasn't British. Yeah. She was Canadian. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> Commonwealth. It's kind of is. Commonwealth, kind of man. Is. Yeah. Commonwealth Games. There's, that's like the Olympics, but only for Commonwealth countries. Just for, just for England? Uh, no, all Commonwealth countries. Really? Yeah, Australia, Canada. I think they're allowed to participate. Oh. I think I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. I think it's only England participates in the Commonwealth Games. Maybe I'm wrong though. And who cares? Uh, wow. The fans of the Commonwealth Games, right? Again, you can't name any. Neil Farrell, big fan of the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, he's Irish. He's got that red hair. Or is he Scottish? He's Scottish. Who cares? <laughs> People care. The Scots care. He's Scottish. I you think know who else cares? The Irish. We got it. We got it wrong like it when you time. mix them together. Last time mix we did up. a Neil Farrell hand, we got it wrong. No, he's said, Scottish for sure. I said he was Irish, but he is Scottish. I think, is his name really pronounced Neil or is it Niall? I, I don't know. It's N-I-A-L. Niall. I'm just going to say Neil. Niall. Come in, Niall. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> That's my Scottish accent, bro. Anyway, definite British person Oliver Finlay suggested on Twitter, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, uh, using at two poker guys, which is what we are. That's the Twitter handle. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, YouTube link and a timestamp. That's and how you do it. A good thing. We would not have searched through this one for the hand if we didn't timestamp it because it's like a six hour video. Right. We certainly would not have done that. So yes. good job. Yes. Well done, Oliver. Oliver. As Jonathan teased in the opening, we are heads up now uh, and it is a high roller. So it wasn't a huge field. 25K high roller. First place is something like three quarters of a million pounds. I think it is. It might be euros. Yeah, I think it's euros. Euros, okay, and I think second place is something like five fifty. So it's about it's even a little bit less. I thought it was like the four hundred. Oh, was it? Maybe okay. high fours. Okay, so, so there's, there's like a quarter of a million euro difference, though. Yeah, and right? I don't think there's any deal made between these guys. No, I doubt it. Yeah, so that's pretty cool, especially because it's World Series of Poker, and unless you really, really know somebody really well, you can't make a deal for that much money. That is for sure because they do not allow deals. You have to do backdoor deals. I've complained about this many times, but it's ridiculous. Correct. All right. Anyway, so. We've gotten to a point where the stacks are relatively short. We have 30 and 27 big blinds, respectively, Farrell with the bigger stack at the 1 million big blind level. So 
it's really going to come down to like really managing stacks and, and slowly kind of grinding their guy down a lot of the time or one big hand. Right. Um, Farrell, who would you say is the favorite in this matchup? I would guess you know. Farrell. Is. I would guess Farrell as well. But Pollock obviously has a very impressive resume. He does have a very impressive resume. But if I recall, and this is just like from a while ago now, just watching him play the main event final table, there were some holes in his game, I felt anyway, where he probably overfolded and stuff like that. I yeah, mean, some pocket eights are coming to mind. That's what I'm remembering some, too. Some sort of fold he made with pocket like eights. Like he opens pocket eights, someone ships like 13 blinds and he folds. Oh, yeah. When yeah. he could afford the call. Yeah. It wasn't like for his life. And that seemed like probably bad. And it turns out, by the way, it was bad. Yeah. Um, like he was ahead at the time. It was at least a flip. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing. So, so that felt like, how can you do this? You know who would never do that? Jack freaking Sinclair. That's who would never do that. Or Neil Farrell. Or Neil Farrell, right. There's a lot of people who would never yeah. do that. They would just put the chips in. But I'm not entirely sure about Neil Farrell. I would guess that his game is not modeled super heavily on GTO. He's like mostly just aggressive exploit. Although I'm sure there's some GTO elements. But yeah, I don't know. There's definitely know. there's a hand we did a while ago. It was called How to Run a Monster Bluff mm. with Neil Farrell, where it was definitely not GTO, and it was just like an insane psycho bluff that somehow worked. And he got the guy to fold one of the very strongest. Uh, the guy yeah. made it was almost certainly a bad fold, and he folded this crazy strong hand. He folded like Trip Kings with an ace kicker or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So Neil Farrell, a hard guy to play against because he's just going to keep putting pressure on you, and he's... He's just call. He's good enough that he's going to seem the same when he hasn't, when he doesn't. Yeah, for sure. I mean, his frequencies are probably a bit more in line than like a bad aggressive player. I'm sure they are. I'm sure yeah. they are. But if I had to guess, I would guess he's probably a he's little over bluffing, a little too bluffy. Right. Yeah. So if you're, if it's close, you're probably supposed to call. Yeah, probably. But, but you know, it's easy to say that, of course. Yeah. You know, well, we'll, we're going to see what Benjamin Pollock thinks about that in this hand. Okay. All right. So let's get to it. Uh, so at the 1 million big blind, Farrell is on the button with 30 million. He has seven, six of spades. Opens it to 2.2 million. This is pretty obvious. Yeah. Right? Nothing to say here. Benjamin Pollock is in the big blind with King Deuce of Hearts. This is either a call or a raise. It's never a fold. Of course. What do you think is best? How deep are we blind-wise? 27 blinds effective. Okay. I guess I like a call better than a raise here because we don't really... I mean, shoving feels like it's way too much to shove. And I guess we could three bet as a bluff and just hope the guy folds. Yeah, but, no, I think I think calling is better. Yeah, I think this hand just like plays as a call pretty well. If we had like eighteen blinds, we could shove it. Yeah, we would be contradicting ourselves if we said raising would be better. I think because in a recent podcast and video we did, we were talking about the Daryl Fish hand mm-hmm. against the guy I forgot his name, and he three bet king six of diamonds out of the big blind in a similar situation. And we did and we, not like we it. Didn't, we didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. So well, I, king deuce is, is less playable, but it's pretty playable. Not really. It's pretty playable. I don't think there's any difference. It's a little bit. I mean, you'd rather have king six than king deuce, right? If you yeah. hit the six, it's better than hitting the deuce. But I, I agree with you. It's not too different. Yeah. So anyway, Pollock does decide to call. Yeah. Nothing to say there. Nope. So far, everybody's playing pristine poker, as William Reynolds might say. He might say that. Yeah. That's for the old he, he school. Don't, they listeners. don't let him talk anymore, that guy. No, they don't. He is like, what happened? Why, is the, why does Billy not get any play? Yeah. <laughs> I, for the, for the old school listeners or those who have bought the podcast archives, there's probably a we there's probably like a two or three month period where we averaged every other podcast making a reference to William Reynolds saying pristine place for a raise here. Yeah, and in case you don't know what the heck we're talking about, so William Reynolds used to do the EPT, the Joe Stapleton role in the EPT with yeah. Hardigan, right? Yeah, and he for was, one year he did it. I think. Yeah, he was one year, and he. I mean, look, he wasn't very good. No, I mean he was fine, but he wasn't good. Like he did an okay job, like putting like explaining like maybe a player's point of view and thought process. But yeah. He, he was not good at the talking. 
in any real way. It was sort of, it was funny to listen to. Right. right. I think he was hired because he was a bit of a character and yes. he, he spoke with a lot of expression, yes. which is hard to find among poker players. I mean, if you watch a lot of the like live stream type poker shows, you, you get the guys on who are like, you know, these GTO wizards, but then they start talking and you fall asleep because they have no inflection in their voice whatsoever. And they're talking as if they're talking to a peer instead of the audience, you know? Absolutely. And William Reynolds was good about not being like that, at least. For sure. But then they got stapes and they're like, oh, wait. Yeah. This is a million times better. It's funny. It's really funny, actually. Yeah. It's smart. And then they just got um, Jimmy Frickin to help out stapes so he would say relatively intelligent poker things a lot of the time anyway. Yeah. And it was fine. And that's where we are now, many years later. And that's St- definitely the move. Like, good job, Poker Stars. Stapes has done well for himself, man. He's yeah. been... He's like a failed stand-up comedian who's yeah. like got a real like he's like going to be able to do poker commentary for the rest of his life, right? I mean, no matter what at this yeah. point. Solid income forever for that guy. Yeah, good good he deserves it. He's yeah. great. Good for him. Anyway, yeah. let's talk about this hand. Okay. Which features none of those people. Um so King Deuce of Hearts for Pollock as the defender, Feral with seven six of spades. The flop is ace of diamonds, nine of diamonds, eight of hearts. Okay. So there's a check from Pollock. I don't see any other course of action seems strange not to, and feral uh, as the preflop raiser with an open ender of course he's betting this easy flop. bet he bets kind of small he bets two million yeah it's smaller than his preflop raise it's not that small though it's just under half pot and stacks are short so what do you like to do here as pollock i'm trying to think if i can come up with anything reason my, my initial thought would be fold that's my initial hit number one number two if we're if we feel like Farrell's going to always fire on this board and he's going to raise a huge amount pre-flop to like pretty much everything, it's possible we're supposed to call because we have king high and we've got a back door, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think maybe we are supposed to call. Yeah. Uh, especially considering we have backdoor hearts here. Yep. And especially considering that it's Neil Farrell. But like, it sucks to be out of position with this hand. It really does, but it just feels a little bit like we're overfolding if we fold the flop. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Because we're getting three to one. We're going to call here and hope we improve significantly on the turn. Like, if we pick up a heart, we can check raise all in, I guess, if we get the opportunity. If it goes check, check on the turn, we may feel like we have to bet the river to get them to fold, not an ace, but eh, maybe we just go check, check and show down with our king high. I guess we have to see how the, river, how the board plays out and stuff. But it's, this is part of the problem with this hand is we can call here, and it can check down all the way, and we can lose. Yes. Uh, even to, like, worse king high, better king highs and stuff. Sort of sucks, but we do have backdoor hearts. It's, right. it's higher in our distribution than it would normally be, though, yeah. because we don't really have too many aces in our range. That is We correct. do have some at 27 blinds effective. I'm sure we have some flats with aces. I agree. And but, like, we don't have ace nine, right? Yeah. We have maybe baby aces and middle aces. Maybe we fold if it's king deuce of spades, but since we have the backdoor hearts, maybe we call. Yeah, that's reasonable. I yeah. think I think we're probably are supposed to call here. All right. Well, that's good cuz we're actually ahead. Yeah, we are ahead, although our opponent has a lot of equity against us. Yes. With the open ender um and clean pair outs. It's just incredibly hard to win this pot if we don't improve it in would some way. It'd be a lot better to be in position. It's really hard for it to check all the way down and for him to say you win, you know, and he turns over queen high or something like that. Like that's yeah. the dream, right? And that's I don't know if he's going to let that happen. If it goes check, check on the turn and we check the river, he may be like, well, I guess I have to take a shot at this because I probably don't win otherwise, right? Well, I think maybe we call on all board pairs on the turn and on, okay. heart, and on hearts. Okay. And deuces probably also. Deuces and kings, of yeah. course. Um, yeah. Okay. 
that's reasonable. And, and maybe we just hope he checks the turn as like a slight give up, and we get to realize equity sometimes. You know. Yeah. Then we have to figure. Then we have to decide what we want to do on the yeah. river, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but I think we, a call is kind of mandatory. We could also represent certain things if scare cards come on the turn. If a diamond comes and it goes check check, we could rep the diamonds and bet on the you know. If a diamond comes on the turn, we could lead the turn. We could. You know what? That's kind of cool. Yeah. I kind of like that. Is it? It's nine ten, right? Eight nine. Eight nine. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We can lead the turn if a diamond comes. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Anyway, Pollock agrees with us and decides to call. Okay. I, I'm fine with it. It feels like from a traditional perspective, a little bit loose, but really from the standpoint of where this hand falls in our distribution and, and how aggressive Neil Farrell is, I think we have to peel one. I don't disagree. It just sucks to be out of position doing yep. it. It's just so much harder to get value and win the pot. It's just so much harder to win the pot. There's a lot of singular decisions within the greater hand that occur that suck to do, but are incorrect not to do. Right. And yeah, I think that's poker. Yeah. That's just poker. Yeah. yeah. So it sucks to call, but it would be incorrect not to, I think. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. So he does. So we're going to head to the turn. But before that, we're going to talk about a place where you can call out of position with King high. If you so choose, that would be the moon. Brooklyn. Oh, we just, we kind of both went with the, with the same joke, but we were really talking about nitrogen. Brooklyn. Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. He made a little face, guys. I did it. Yeah, because you know what? At some point, you have to actually <laughs> honor the sponsor a little bit instead of being your little snide in the corner Jonathan guy who's like, I'm going to say Brooklyn the whole time and he's not going to get through the ad. Guys, he's still making the face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Nitrogen. Jonathan and I don't hate each other, by the no, way. It might just all. sound like it. It's just part of the game. <laughs> um, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is a great poker site. They have good software. You don't have to download anything. It's really easy to sign up and when you do you should use the link in the description of this podcast so you get access to our special tournaments jonathan we have special tournaments and they are indeed special and not in like a bad kind of special way in the good kind of special yeah. way like it costs 0.1 millibits to play that these days is about 90 cents or so it's not like special circumstances during the sentencing part of a right of a trial it's not like um special victims unit yeah. or something like that yeah. it's, you don't want to be a special victim right yeah that's, that's worse this it's, is good it's like lebron james is a special player yeah yeah it's like that yeah. so it costs like 90 cents to play there's 100 millibits in there which means there's about 900 bucks or a thousand bucks in there depending on the day and uh bam guess what we get like 70 players at the most sometimes as little as 20 or 30 it's an insane amount of free money it is. You got to get on there. The only way you get to see the tournament is if you use the link in the description. Of course, if you win the tournament, you can get your Bitcoin out super fast because nitrogen doesn't do any sort of processing. It operates as a Bitcoin wallet, so you just send it to your personal Bitcoin wallet. It's pretty sweet. It takes five to 20 minutes. Super cool. Yep. So get in there. Get you some poker. Nitrogen sports where the moon meets Brooklyn. Where Brooklyn is the place you play poker. Nitrogen. Yeah. Nitrogen sports. We have sports. <laughs> they do, actually. They also have sports betting. That's we true. didn't even mention that. And casino games. We wouldn't hate it if you used the link in the description and made a bunch of huge sports bets. Yeah, that would um, help us very slightly. Yeah. Very, very slightly. And we don't care if you win or you lose, by the way. We can root for you to win. It doesn't affect us. Nope. We get a tiny piece. Get in, in there. The <laughs> <laughs> so we love it. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead and fuel your degenerate action on nitrogen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very well said. I'm sure that's what nitrogen wants you well, to say. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. They, they probably won't listen to this, right? <laughs> it's fine. Uh, okay. So we're heading to the turn. We have uh, 4.7 million in the pot. No, that's not true. That's after the preflop action. There's 8.7 yeah. million in the pot now. What's our effective stack? Pollock is the effective stack. He's got like 23 million. Okay. 22.5. 
Um, Ace, nine, eight, two diamonds, one heart. Pollock had check called with the king, deuce of hearts. Farrell has six, seven of spades for the open ender. The turn is the four of clubs. Very rarely affects either player's hand. Correct. More likely to affect Farrell's hand than Pollock's, but still unlikely to affect his hand. Yep. Um, do I need to explain why? I don't think so. Okay, I'm not going to. Great. Uh, so Pollock checks again. This is one of the cards that is like not so good. We, it's not one of the cards we were hoping for. No, it doesn't really do anything for us. No. I mean, we wanted a heart, a board pair, making it more likely that we were still ahead. Maybe a king, maybe a deuce. All those things would we be pretty nice. We can work with a diamond, we were saying. We might lead a diamond. Yeah. That would be cool, too. And instead, it's just the bricky all four clubs. Yeah. And Farrell has an extreme range advantage on us. Yeah. Farrell has the whole deck. We really don't. We have, like, no, no sets and no big top pairs. We can have some two pair hands. That's about it. I guess we can have we can have a straight and have played the played it very very chill, right? We yeah. cannot have a straight though. That's not true because it's a four no, on the turn. No straight. So we can have some. I guess we can have ten four suited or something like that. Yeah. It, sorry, nine four suited. Nine four suited. Or ten four of diamonds. Yeah, but like there isn't much. Right. I mean, Pollock does have an advantage as far as the percentage of his range that's showdownable over Farrell, but Farrell has a right. top-end range advantage for sure. No question. Yeah. And, you know, knowing what Pollock actually has, it's just an incredibly... I mean, I don't know what's going to happen I feel like here. I need to explain that one, okay. even though it seems clear. But that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I mean when I say that Pollock has more showdownable range and Farrell has more top-end range advantage, I mean that Pollock decided to call the flop, which means he has a hand that at least allowed him to deci- decide to continue playing the hand. He has some, some level of equity in this pot that, yeah. that he knows he has, right. and he's declaring he has by calling. Right? Yeah. Farrell's just C-betting, and he's probably C-betting his whole range on an ace-high board when right. your head's up, and the effective stack is 27 blinds, so he could have really any two cards. Yeah, Farrell can have six, six deuce right. right now, and just then that's, that's possible. Yes. It's legit possible. And right. Paula can't unless it's six deuce of diamonds. Right. Um, the other side of that being that Farrell can have any two cards, including two aces in his hand for top set. Of course. Whereas Pollock really doesn't have two aces in his hand pretty much ever. Right. I mean, it's, I guess maybe once in a while he could slow play a pocket pair preflop, but usually he's not. Against Neil Farrell? I mean, like, that's just a bad idea. And 27 blinds effective pre, like, let's go. Yeah. So Farrell has all the sets. Pollock has pretty much none of them Mm -hmm. uh, because it's eight, nine ace on the flop. Right. He's usually three betting all of those pairs. For sure. And I mean, maybe you could have pocket fours, but even that, I expect him to three bet. And Pollock rarely even has a one pair ace in his hand. I mean, most, mm-hmm. a lot of those are going to be three bets preflop. I mean, I mean, you could have a few medium or bad kicker aces, yeah. but this is the, that range advantage we're talking about in terms of the, the power of the, like he's definitely got a range advantage. Yeah. Farrell, you mean? Yeah. Yes. yeah. So red haired guy. So hopefully that was a sufficient explanation for, for those two points there. Um, so 8.7 million in the pot, four of clubs on the turn check from Pollock and Farrell's going to keep going. Yeah. He's open-ended. Yeah. I, don't, I like this. He's like, you'd rarely have an ace. You often have... He's probably putting the guy on an eight, right? Yeah, he, eight he has nine. like an eight or maybe sometimes a king high type hand. Yep. But, um, you know, we have seven high. We can improve to the nuts, yep. which is pretty cool, or a monster hand. And when we don't, we're not going to have enough to show down almost ever. So Right, we have zero showdown value. Correct. But yeah. I'm saying even if we hit a seven or a six, that's almost never good. Turns out it is good. Yeah. But we would not think it was good very often here, not, right? Not too often. So, so I like betting here. and we can, We're setting up... Uh, I think we're probably going to bet all rivers. Yeah. Like, that would make sense, right? We improve, great. We don't improve, cool. Either way, we have to fire. Farrell bets, and he bets big. He yeah. bets, for, especially for a tournament in this scenario, but it's 5.7 into 8.7. He's saying, uh, you can't just call with diamonds now. 
Right? Yeah, I kind of love it. I think I think Farrell's really thought this out quite well. Mm-hmm. He he understands the range advantage. He understands his lack of showdown value. He understands he doesn't want to give Pollock a good price to continue calling with an eight or a king high type hand. Right. And, so, he, and he's setting up a really big bet on the river. Yeah, this is pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. Like, it seems like a simple action, but it's pretty sweet that he, he understands that he sizing it up is a little bit better here. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, now is when things start to get a little bit curious because Pollock decides to call again. Yeah. This he is, is technically correct in this moment. Yes, he is ahead right now. This is just a bad call, though, right? Let's see if we can figure out why he does it. Okay. Let's, let's let's seek to understand. Let's go back to the flop and use some of our flop logic here and okay. see if it applies. Because we were saying all of these reasons that Pollock could call the flop, even though it was a little bit loose. We had the backdoor flush draw. That was nice. King high is actually decently high up in our distribution against Neil Farrell. We're getting three to one. So we're supposed to call with all but 25% of our hands, essentially. Essentially. Although we're, although we're out of position, we can lower that a little bit if Correct. we want to. Yeah, we don't have to... But and also, we know we're almost always facing a turn bet against... Not almost always. A lot of the time, we're facing a turn bet against... But I would guess we're at least halfway up our distribution on the I, flop. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, especially with a backdoor flush draw. So it's a reasonable call. Yep. Um, then we go to the turn, and we take the hands that we called the flop with, which Jonathan loves this frequency game here. I love we're talking about this. Yeah. That's right. Um, it's a good way to think about it. And now we're supposed to call with a certain percentage of that based on the size of the pot, based on the bet size and based on what we perceive our opponent's range to be and how often they're continuing. Absolutely. And this hand doesn't seem to be falling in the calling swath anymore to me. It feels like this is just a really bad hand now. I really strongly agree off the top. I mean, I would be see, I'd be curious to see if we can come up with ways that that isn't so. So I'm thinking like, if we are raising all of our draws on the flop, then maybe we could say, well, we have nines, we have eights, and we have almost no aces, and we have kings. But I don't know what we have even after kings that if we're... If we're being aggressive with our draws, if we're not being aggressive with our draws, then then the kings are weight. This this king high is way down in our distribution, right? Because yeah. there's so many draws that are better than this to play. Yeah. So either way, either I think we're at the bottom of our distribution because it's sort of the worst of our showdownable hands, and we don't have any draws because we're right. going to play them differently, or we have all the draws or a number of draws, and it's at the bottom of our distribution because it's got the least equity of everything. So either way, it seems like how can we continue? Right. And beyond all of that, I think. Farrell has a pretty wide value range that beats us here. I mean, like, you might expect him to check back some hands that are beating us, but he would probably continue betting any ace in his hand, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a little, um, little cough there. A little, little issue there. Um, yeah, no, I would fully expect him to bet uh, even bad aces here, for sure. Right, so that's really bad for us yeah. at this point. That's a big problem. Yeah. He might even bet a nine. It's possible. Yeah, because it's hard for us to have an ace. It's yeah. really hard. And there's, it's such a wet board. He can bet a nine and try and get value out of an eight, or if he's got a good nine, get value out of a bad nine, or charge the draws, or whatever it may be. A nine is questionable, but he might bet a nine. and It's reasonable. For that reason, he might bet pocket tens through pocket kings as well. I think he would be betting pocket tens through pocket kings. I think it's a good bet on the turn. Well, that's that's a problem. There's a a lot of stuff there that we can't beat with king deuce of hearts, and we have no additional equity. I mean, it would be great if a heart came. We could justify a call for sure at that point. Of course. I mean, we probably wouldn't even just call. We'd probably raise. We might, yeah. But um, but yeah, a, a, a deuce we could call, a king we could call, a heart we could consider calling at least some of them, but probably mostly be raising. Yeah. And that's it, right? I mean, this is why may, bet, calling the flop feels like, ugh, pew. Yeah, I know. It gets you in these spots. When we're this short, maybe we don't have to call the flop when we're this short, you know, because like all the frequency-based stuff is assuming a depth. Yeah. That At the same point, if we're just going to let Neil Farrell walk all over yeah, us. Yeah, we're not going to win the heads-up match against Neil Farrell if we're not calling this yeah, in on the flop. Yeah, okay, you're probably right. But here we are on the turn, and it doesn't seem possible to just flat here. 
No, this seems like a really bad play, honestly. Really bad. I don't see how we can call. I think you can make more of a case for raising than calling. I think you make a really good case for folding. Yes, I think folding is clearly the best move here. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe, maybe he picked something up physically on Farrell. Okay, maybe that. Maybe Farrell is, since they got heads up, firing flops and all turns. Like maybe it's just like yeah. 100% on both, and it's like, well, King High still rates to be the best hand. I would lot. guess he's not firing all flops and turns. Maybe he's, he's firing. Farrell, I know. Maybe he's firing this flop and turn all the time, regardless of the open ender, because it's such a range advantage for him. Yeah, maybe. Which, and, is, which is reasonable. But that the range advantage combined with the open ender means... Huge. He's definitely firing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, so maybe Pollock's reading into the range advantage situation, being aware of the range advantage situation and aware yeah. that Neil's aware of it and thinking like, I have to call because of that. But I don't think that's correct. I completely agree. This just seems like a, a very questionable, like what the heck is going on type of a call here. Yeah. Like we don't have any, like, what are we, is there anything we're hoping to hit on the river? Like what's no. the best, the best thing we can hit on the river is a King. If Neil Farrell is betting for value, we're, we're probably, losing. We're, we're probably, we're not always losing because he can be betting nines and I'm, better. We were thinking about tens. Oh, queens, oh I thought you meant if you bet again on the river. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just talking about on the flop. Like, oh, sorry, on the turn. So, like, we're, we're losing to some of his value, but we're at least beating some of his value if we hit a miracle king on the river. Nothing else improves us in any reasonable way. A deuce means we can be king queen and king jack and things like that. That have to go check, check. I guess we maybe we could hero with the deuce on the river, though. Like, is our plan to hero the river, too? Like, with, with king high? Yeah, like, if a three comes on the river, are we just going to check call? It seems like this hand is not good enough to call with, and we I don't know how we can ever call the river with this hand. Maybe we assume that Farrell is going to shut down a lot if we call twice, especially when yeah. he bets this size. Maybe. We think, like, even if I mean, he has seven high, he's going to give up on the river because, like, okay, I guess he has it, like, he's... Once Pollock calls again, Pollock has at least an eight, usually better. I mean, it looks like we have a made hand for sure, yeah. right? And it's like, can you really get him off that hand in a heads-up match where there's no ICM left? I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe you can't. So there's that. So we're hoping it goes check, check, and he just completely gives up on his bluff, and we look like a god. This seems really ambitious. Why do that? Why not, like, do the same thing? Wait till we flop something, you know, and then do the same line. Then we can go check, call, check, call, and, like, bluff catch like crazy. Fine. But, like, I just don't, like, if we had an eight, I think we should 100% call here, right? Yeah, eight is so. a pretty easy call. A king feels like a very easy fault. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. That feels like very, super straightforward. This isn't even like we're going to have so many better kings than this. Yes. Like we might be able to have King Jack and King Queen. We may not be three betting that. We're 27 blinds deep. Yeah, definitely. We, sometimes we can, sometimes we'll be three betting those probably, but I'm sure a lot of times we're just going to be flatting that pre. I think those should be folds too, by the way. Those are probably folds, but at least we can hit a king and a queen. You know, in, in and, maybe, case, and maybe they're good. Yeah, maybe. A, a deuce, if, he, if Neil Farrell's value betting, a king and a queen could be good later. A deuce is never good if he's value betting. Right. So like what? I mean, it feels like there's no way out of this. I mean, I hate this. I'd much rather have Queen Jack and call than King Queen, King Deuce, or any King and call here. Yeah. Right? At least that way we've got to gutter the nuts, although I wouldn't want to play it this way as a call anyway. Still, that makes more sense. I think we're kind of down to Pollock must have a physical read that he really thinks is reliable, or, yes. or this is just bad. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to give him the benefit for the doubt and say he can have a physical read here. Yeah. He, by the way, is correct. He's ahead. Yes. Farrell absolutely wants him to fold. So maybe he picked up some, something and is making an incredible call. I hope so. Otherwise, this is just feels absurd. Right. Uh, although I would guess with all of the live poker success Neil Farrell has had at very high levels against very good players who are good at reading people, he's not going to have that many tells or be that easy to read. That's true. Although maybe he's got like one little thing and 
Pollock picked up. On Maybe it. it's not impossible. It seems unlikely, but it's not impossible. Yeah, I agree. It's not impossible, but that's that's what we're down to. Yeah, it's that's, not. It's you. I don't like when we're down to that in the on the breakdown. That's just, that's the crutch of all crutches for us, right? It's weird because we were talking about how Pollock was overfolding at the World Series final table, and now he's overcalling. Well, maybe he feels like his reputation is such that you can just get him off things. Oh, maybe so, because that's like what he's known for is the World Series final table, and Farrell certainly watched that. So maybe he's assuming that Farrell, with that knowledge, is going to ramp up the aggression even more. But now that there's no ICM, I know it seems like Pollock not the was time. never heads up at the World Series. Right. He probably would have called more when he was heads up. I'm sure he would have. I, I don't know. Veo didn't, but okay, Veo's a bad example. Yeah. It's not. It's not fair to compare him to yeah. Veo. Neither did Ott, by the way. Man. Ott played just like Veo. Ott played... I was really unimpressed with Ott. I mean, Ott was basically an amateur, though, right? Yeah. No, his Give, biggest score before that was like 3K. Okay. You know what? Yeah. Fine. Then, then fine. But like, yeah, watching Veo and then Ott back-to-back as runner, runners-up, and it's like, jeez, like, these guys have no chance. At least Bloomstein was good. Yeah. Whereas Veo kind of like let down the pro community exactly. by beat, getting beat by Win. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what happened with all those things. Anyway, let's get back to this. Here. All right. So somehow Pollock does find a call. He is correct. Okay. He's, a, he's ahead. He okay. Has, Maybe he's got to read. You has, know what? Maybe he's got to read. He's got the vast majority of the equity in his hand. That's, that's nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. If he's got to read, God bless him. I he, mean, sure. Sure. <laughs> Why not? That That's a reasonable thing I'm to say. I'm just saying, like, I got nothing else. I got nothing else to say about it. Like, I hope he has a read. It seems like he has a read. So the pot's 20 million now. Which I mean, is, we're just uh, going to, I guess if we have this read, I just got to say, that means we are going to call off on the river, right? If we, if we, if we have the read and it's like legit, we're going to call off on the river. We have to be planning on, if we're doing this as a read based thing. Maybe not on certain cards, but yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. So the pot's 20 million. Which is more than either player's stack. Yeesh. Uh, I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. Go ahead. The river is the king of clubs. Hey, yeah. It's, the, it's one of the two best cards in the deck for Benjamin Pollock, the non-diamond king. You know what I say whenever I hit a king of clubs in this I, spot? I think I'm, I can guess. What is it? Hey, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Was that it? <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> you did that really well. I have a read on you. Your perhaps. face was amazing when you did that. By the way, my face is always amazing. Amazing. You really looked funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, so it's a good card for Pollock, but it's still a crappy situation. It is, but it's much less crappy. Yeah, it's like, hey, I can win sometimes. Maybe if we were wrong and and Farrell had a good nine or pocket tens, now yeah. we got to luck out. Like, yeah, it's possible. What if Farrell has a nine? No, I mean, Farrell has a bad nine in his betting. He's a little uncomfortable. And we pick up on that and we call because we think he wants us to fold, and he kind of does. And you know, and then here we are. It's like, well, I can beat some stuff now. Yeah, this is great. So Pollock checks. I don't think there's any other option. We should definitely check. Yeah, should Farrell go for it? That's a great question. We don't think Pollock has... We think Pollock usually has an 8 or a 9. Yep. Um, he doesn't have draws. So, I mean, we have 7 high. It doesn't really matter if he has draws or not anyway. Right. I think we should probably go for it. I think we've got this extreme range advantage. Let's put him to the test. Does he basically want... Now, it turns out he had a king, but we cannot put him on a king here at all. Yep. So, like, let's try and get him off an 8. Like, yeah. I think we're going to succeed in getting him off an 8 a lot and maybe a 9. A 9 is not going to love this spot at all when the king comes in. Right? Yeah, we can we could potentially value bet king queen on the river if we wanted to. Yeah, we're heads up. We're Neil Farrell. It's possible we're going to do that. We might. We might. We most likely won't. If we have a lot of bluffs on this river, we need. We probably need to yeah. bet king queen. I'm not I don't, sure if I don't we know do. how many we do. It's hard to know if we do have a lot of bluffs yeah, or is. if it's just because we have the open ender that we get here this way. Absolutely. 
but we got here this way. This feels like a really good candidate. I think on the turn to triple barrel. I was even saying that, right? Like we're going to yeah. bet the river whether we improve or not. Whether we, I think seven, six straight miss all of it. I think we're betting and we're trying to, unless we hit the straight, we're hoping he folds. Yep. That's that's probably accurate, and yeah. it's a good time to bet when we have near the very bottom of our distribution. Exactly, it's very hard to have a worse hand than seven high here. Yes, and we really might not have bet. We may not have continued on the turn without having equity, right? You know, so at the same point, we are entirely uncapped. We have all fifteen combos of sets on the board. It's cool. All of them are in our range. Yes, and then we have all of the two pair combos in our range, which is a lot more combos. Yes, like I, I don't want to do the math on that, but it's That's a lot. Not, it's a bunch, and we would probably bet Ace Ten and better. Now, is that the bottom of the range? I guess you said you might bet King Queen. If I if we I think we're betting again. It comes down to how many bluffs we can show up with, how many times we have air, and if we have diamonds, we might be you know just going for it with diamonds also. So, yeah. So but I don't know I, if we... I'm guessing we... Sorry, go ahead. If we're putting all of our aces in there, that's already a lot. Well, I'm starting to want... I'm just wondering, like, I don't know how many bluffs we have, but we want to have two value to every one bluff, basically, is what we're... If we're going for game theory type stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Um, now, Farrell may not be trying to do that anyway. He may just be sort of read-dependent and aggressive and say, I'm just going to get you to fold. What are you going to do? I've got a range advantage, which is reasonable. Yeah. Very reasonable. I don't know if we're betting all our aces. We may not be. I don't um, think we're betting king-queen. If we're not betting our aces, we're not betting King Queen. No, I know. I'm yeah. just like moving okay. my way from the bottom up. Got it. Um, I think we're definitely betting Ace 10. Ace 10 feels like a slam dunk back yeah. here. Um, what's the next one down? Ace 7? Yeah. The 7 does not play. So now, so every, so Ace 7 and worse are all the same. Yeah. We're never going to get them off a chop. I don't, we shouldn't be trying to get them off a chop. No. So maybe we check those. Because we figure it's hard to get called by the eights and the nines of the world, and the yeah, king doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I think Farrell, Farrell is going to bet, and that's with the intention to fold out the eights and the nines of the world. Right. Yeah. So okay, uh, maybe we're, maybe it's yeah, maybe it's ace, maybe ace ten is the bottom. Then, like you're saying, yeah. As long as we can have, as, I, we're obviously betting all two pairs plus ace ten plus. That may be enough. That may get us where we want to go. Yeah, I think so. All right, so Farrell goes for it. Okay, he bets ten million into twenty million. This leaving is a huge, this like is, 7 million left or something? It's right. a huge bet yeah. uh, as far as the tournament is concerned. No question. Even though it's just a half-pot bet. So now what do you do if you're Benjamin Pollock? This is part of the problem of calling the turn. Like, we got our best card ever, and it's still a horrible situation. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, now we can't beat any value at all. When he no, of course, again, right? of course not. We lose to all value. So that's, that's too bad. If it went check-check, we usually win that's problem one problem two is as we just outlined there are many many value combos there's a lot of them there are a lot yeah at the same point remember back on the turn when we decided to call and you and i the only thing we could come up with was maybe he has a read yeah maybe he picked up on something so let's look and see i mean let's should we be able to pick up something again like if we were right so maybe we can get a read on him again and make the right decision. In this case, that would be a pretty straightforward call, right? Like, oh, maybe, he doesn't want us to call. I call. Maybe we can. And uh, Otherwise, I don't know what we're doing here. And Benjamin Pollock does tank for a very long time before making his decision, and he is looking at Farrell the whole time. So That's I guess good. I guess he's looking for something. That's good. It seems hard to imagine that you call the turn with this hand, hit a king on the river, and fold. At the same point, you could argue it's all the same. Yeah, you really could. But we, I could counter that with if we're looking at distribution certainly it changes it wow we're suddenly went from near the bottom of distribution to near the top of our distribution right yeah this may be this may be the best hand we can ever show up with we have some aces 
We may have some aces that we want call call with. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. And maybe we can actually have like king eight and stuff like that. So we river a king. We may yeah. river some two pairs. Yeah. That's possible. Um, we could have king four of... No, we can't. King four of diamonds? No, we wouldn't play it that way. King four of hearts? We have king deuce of hearts. Okay. King four of hearts. We, so there's a few two pairs, but not too many. Yeah. There's a few aces, but not too many. And then there's some kings. All right. So we're not like at the top. No. But we're near the top-ish, right? Because we also have nines and eights for sure. Right. And we are getting three to one, which, like, are, do you think we're 75th percentile or higher in our distribution? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. And on top of that, we have to take into account the situation. This is not a simple chippy V moment. Even though ICM is dead, it's also a huge moment in the tournament. If we call in wrong, we basically never win this tournament. It's really hard to win. If we're calling we're right, we almost always win. Yeah. That's the other side of it. Yep. This is a tournament moment. Why did we call the turn again? I don't know. We put ourselves in the spot. Like, I don't like it. We, I mean, what we need to have happen is, yeah, Farrell to completely give up on the river with his bluffs. Otherwise, we just put ourselves in the worst spot of all time. Even when we hit our miracle card, it's a terrible spot, let alone every time. We usually don't hit that miracle card, right? Yep. So Farrell's aggressive. He might just barrel off with bluffs sometimes, and we're, I don't know, I... I this really goes back to, like, what are you doing on the turn, bro? So you are of the opinion that if you call the turn, you have to call this river. I'm not of the opinion, but I'm strongly leaning that way. Okay. I'm not of the opinion. I think you maybe you got a read on the turn, and maybe you're getting a new read on the river. Like, that's yeah. fine. It would be uh, incorrect if you're getting a different read. Yes, it would. Uh, I'm just trying to, like, how else can we fold here? Maybe we know that Farrell, in our mind anyway, it wouldn't be true because Farrell's bluffing, that Farrell just gives up so often here with yeah. his bluffs. And if we know that, then we feel like we can play perfectly on the river. Yeah, but it's Neil Farrell. He's really good. Neil and Farrell's really good. He's clearly, not gonna, that's not true. Like, players like Neil Farrell are not guys that you can ever say, I can play perfectly against right. on subsequent streets. Like, you can't say that about a, a player that good and that creative. I agree. Like, I know I'm capable of triple barreling here. Of course, Neil Farrell's capable of triple barreling yeah. too, right? I mean, of course he is. Like, so there's not, I don't know what we're supposed So this comes back to like, well, if we had this great read on the turn, let's get another great read on the river and make the perfect decision. But if we had a great read on the turn, then we should be like, well, did that king hurt us? Because if it didn't, we should still be ahead, right? Because we believed he was weak and wanted us to fold and all yeah. that stuff. And now even if he was weak in the ways that like he had an eight or a nine and was weak, and hoping, you know, just didn't know what, just was betting and was a little uncomfortable. Well, we beat all that stuff now. Yeah. That's all I got. So then, so because of all that, I, I feel like I've sort of put myself in the position where it's absurd to fold. I really wish we didn't call the turn. Right. I We're supposed to fold the turn. We're I think we can still fold the river just because, because it's like, Farrell has so much value. He has so much value. But why do we call the turn then? Like, it just seems like, how can you use that argument now if we call the turn? All right, let's, you, go, let's go for some assumptions here. Okay. I, let's forget about calling the turn for a second. Okay. Let's forget, about, let's forget about the two arguments making sense together, okay? It doesn't matter. It's a new time. It's a new dawn. Okay. We're here. As at, played. Yeah, we're here at the river. Fine. If we assume that Farrell's only triple barreling with reasonable triple barrel bluffs, then okay. we can fold because he has a ton of value, and the only reasonable ones are gut shots and open enders, right? And, and diamonds. And diamonds. Yeah, that's a decent amount. Yeah, that's probably enough. It might be enough. We're getting three to one. But the situation is... Yeah, but... Yeah, the situation can go... The, the situation goes both ways, right? Yeah. Like, he's, he's using that the situation to apply pressure. Yeah, this might be a call because of that. Now, of course, this is an, a, an argument we make a lot on this podcast. Farrell is playing 100% of his value like that, but not all of his bluffs. Sometimes Correct. he does give up, up on the bluffs. So That's we don't, right. We don't give him all of the bluff combos. That's right. So 
then we can go back to it's a close decision. Well, let's 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 do a little counting. Let's this will be fun. So okay. we say there's he can have all the sets, which is fifteen combos. Yes, he can have ace king, ace queen, ace jack, ace ten. Right? Oh, sorry. Yeah, he can have those four hands. Right? Ace king. There is six combos of. Yeah. So we're at twenty one. Ace queen. There is four. 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 Why are there no, f- no, not four. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking suited, and it would be three. Yeah. Uh, um, no, there's 12 combos of ace-queen, yeah. 12 combos of ace-jack, 12 combos of ace-ten, right? So it's 36 plus 21 is 54, and then there's some two-pair hands also. There's a lot of two-pair hands. Yes. There's a, all the aces-up hands are two-pair hands, right? Yeah, of course they are. So there's three more aces-up hands, and that's nine times three is 27. Yep. What were we at before that? Do you remember? 36? 54. 54. 54. Yeah. So we're at 81. And then there's 8, 9. Yep. That's another 9. Suited. That's another 9 combos. Uh, yes, it is. So that's 90 combos. There's, and then there's actually... There's Ace, 4 also, by the way. Yep. Oh, no. I, I already oh, did Oh, you counted that. Okay. There's, there's 8, 4, and 9, 4. Which maybe he's opening those. Yeah. yeah. It's not crazy. So that's another... Another 18. Yeah, okay. So we're at like 108 combos of value. Wow. This is yeah. really hard to make this work for us. Okay. Let's let's count some of the other stuff. Oh wait, what about uh King 9 and King 8 and King 4? I don't know if he's betting a 4 on the turn. Okay, King 9 and King 8, King 8 though. I'm not sure he's betting an 8. He's definitely betting King 9. On All the right. Turn, right. We'll just give him King 9 then. Okay. Which, so there's 9 more? No, cuz we have a king. Oh, you're right. Good call. There's uh 6 more. 6 more. Okay, so we're at like 115 or something yeah, like that. 114. 114. Give him give him 115 for a random king eight. Fine. Okay. Um, okay. 115 combos of value, which he's playing definitely like this. By the way, we don't know for sure he isn't betting an ace. That would be a chop ace. Too. Yeah. But let's say he isn't for now. Yeah. Because we need to help ourselves out to get. <laughs> yeah. Here. 115. We're at here. Okay. So we need to get to like about 60 combo. No, no, we don't because we're getting no. three to one. Yeah, we're getting three to one. So we need to get to like 40 combos of bluffs. Okay. I think we can do it. We can do it easily. Yeah. But he's not going to play them all like that. Well, let's, let's count how many bluffs there are potentially out there and then we'll be able to chop it down. Okay, okay. Six, seven uh, and jack 10. Okay. So that's 32. Yeah. That's a good start. Um, queen, jack. Queen, jack, queen, 10. That's another 32. Okay. We're at 64. Yeah. Diamonds. Okay, that's a little harder to do. It is in the moment. Let's make up some number. Let's give him like twenty combos of okay. diamonds or something like that. I don't know. That may be off, but something like that. Yeah. Okay. So we're at sixty-four. So we're at eighty-four. Even if you cut that in half, we actually have enough to call based on the math of it, right? Yeah. It's very possible he's going to continue with his open enders and his diamond draws at least to the river. I okay. don't know if he's always going to sh- bet ten million on the river, but but he's going to go bet flop bet turn, right? Yeah. So that's something. Um, if he had the king of diamonds, though, he'd probably check back. Yep. Anytime he makes a pair, he's going to check back on the river. Yeah. So, so we're probably getting the right price. Right. I would guess he's going to barrel um, at least half of his draws on the river. He's supposed to be he getting sh- he's supposed he to be two to one. He should when he has such a range advantage. Yeah, he's supposed to be barreling yeah. that many. Anyway, and he's near a feral. I mean, he could once in a while just have total air, by the way. Yeah. We don't know. Like it's, we've seen him do some crazy stuff. It's possible. So if he can have some total air in there too, then we're definitely supposed to call. Yeah, I think so. It's one of those spots where like I lose a lot. I'm going to lose a lot, but but I'm also going to but I'm going to win more than enough. And when I win this pot, I win the tournament. And by the way, by folding here, how many chips do I have left anyway? I what think are we down he to? Gets down to seventeen million. 
so it's going to be like 37-17 or something yeah. like that now. So we still win a fair amount, but like not as like we only win the tournament something like a third of the time now or, or so. Yeah. Probably less because he's better than we are, but we'll pretend that that's not the case. Okay. And we probably win this pot about a third of the time. So, but I don't know. It seems like, it seems like the move is to call. It does seem like the move is to call based on all that. It's hard to do all that in the moment, of course, but he does tank for a long time. If we call and lose, how many chips are we going to have? Um, let's see. So, $7 million. So, it's $17 million or $7 million. Yeah. So, it's, that's significant, but, you know, instead of being a two-to-one chip advantage, it would be like $47 million to seven. It'd be like a four-and-a-half-to-one chip advantage. I mean, it's not as good, but the percentages It's, it's are, a lot more than four-and-a-half-to-one. It is? 47 to seven. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's way more. Yeah. I was pretending seven was 10 in my head. Yeah, I guess so. I don't so. know why I did that. That's ridiculous. No, it's like almost seven, six and a half to one, yeah. seven to one. Okay. So that's a big difference. Although 37 and 17 is also really... No, it's a two and a half to one. Okay. So that's a big difference. It is. Well, it sounds like we kind of think he should call here. Although I think the real crux of it is he should have folded the turn. For sure, he should have folded the turn. I think he's supposed to call against a guy who is absolutely capable of not having it here on the river. Well, he doesn't. He folds. I mean, I do understand the fold, but I understand how we got here. I, I really, the turn play is the really baffling one. Like, I can justify the river fold for sure once we're here. Like, we, we did all this math and stuff and thought, okay, maybe calling is slightly better. Yeah. But it's like, it's not insane to fold. No. But, but if you, but if, but now I'm going to marry the two actions together again. Okay. We did all that separate from how we got here, right? Yeah. But we did get here and we got here for a reason. And we got here because we thought he didn't have to have it on the turn. So what the heck? He bets $10 million and now we can't bluff catch? That seems insane. Well, insane seems like a strong word. Okay, very, very, very good. I agree. <laughs> but combining these two actions does feel a little bit absurd. How about that? Like, we call with King Deuce on the turn because we really don't think he can have it. Yep. We hit a king on the river. He bets $10 million, giving himself a great price to bluff, by the way. Yep. And we, we surrender... Maybe we got a false read. You know, maybe we like, maybe he did something like, oh, whoa, something happened. Yeah. And now we feel like we have to fold, but that king shouldn't change anything. Almost ever. King eight, maybe. Yeah. King nine, maybe. Those, those are hands that would value bet the river, but there aren't that many of those. Well, he folds and uh, without, I'm not saying it's an easy spot, but he shouldn't be here. Without much surprise, Neil Farrell goes on to win the tournament. Of course he does. This is the other thing. If, if you can, as Benjamin Pollock, sit back and say, he's probably better than me. That's another reason to call. It's really hard to be Benjamin Pollock and sit back and say that to yourself. He has good results. I, he probably doesn't heads believe, up in this, he in probably this doesn't believe that. Yeah. And maybe he thinks, like, this guy's a little crazy, so I'm just going to be able to pick him off. Of course, yeah. here you are. Here's your chance to pick him off. And yeah. you, you decline. There's that overfolding thing. Yeah. I mean, barely overfolding. But, you know, from not overfolding to overfolding, I don't know. Maybe he thinks, like, well, on the turn, my reputation is that I overfold, but now I showed him I have something. And he still decides to bet the river, and that's not good. Yeah, could be. But Farrell's just like, my range advantage is strong, bro. I have seven high, and you're going to fold. I mean, look how bad this is for, um, from the point of view of like all the better hands we have. Yeah. We, I mean, no, we, we already did this, but like we just have so few better hands. It's so like we often aren't going to have an ace here. You know, some players will never have an ace here. Maybe Pollock really can, but some players will just never show up with an ace here. Yeah, that's with true. With 27 blinds, they're just going to always three bet it. And now, like, a king is so high up in our distribution, if that's true. Yep. Anyway, I, as you can tell, not a fan of how this one played out. No, you're, you're all angry and stuff. Yeah. 
Yes, I am. And that's where we're going to leave it. Fantastic. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.